Hello, 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 and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. Marty, we're back like six or seven episodes now. We haven't uh, been on the podcast together. No, I know we've been we've been uh, we've been taking a uh, a well deserved break from each other so that we could bring other very interesting parties to our listeners. Yeah. So I, the other fun thing is. This is actually episode number 70. This is 70 episodes we've done of this podcast. Amazing. Amazing. It really is. It really is. It's been a ton of fun. Um, Today is also a very fun day when we are recording this. This is Friday afternoon, March 17th. It is St. Patrick's Day. I am wearing a green sweatshirt. I have green shoes on, and I am drinking a Guinness right now. The amazing thing is, I told you that uh, I needed a uh, a bio break right before we got on the got on the air here. So I ran outside to see what's going on. So you might hear uh, some some of the band in the background every time my mic is open. But I had to see what was going on with my own two little beady eyes. And believe it or not, there's a Guinness tractor trailer rig parked across the street from our office. Yeah, so if you guys hear any hooting and hollering in the background, that is not in our office, unfortunately. Or maybe it might be, but that is actually the bar across the street from the office in Minnesota. Um, Kieran's. Oh, it's Kieran's, yeah. Kieran's, yeah, which is an Irish bar, and they're, uh, they're having a good time. Now, I am, of course, in my dark basement um, in Albany, New York, not partying. But I do have a Guinness going, so I feel like I'm part of the fun. Revelers are out my window, dressed in green, wearing uh, crazy hats and outfits. So, it's a party. Yeah, well, so you will be listening to this after St. Patrick's Day, but we hope that you had a great St. Patrick's Day uh, and have a great day every day, including today. And Marty, you know, the first topic we want to come in on is something that uh, we both found pretty interesting. I think everyone should find it interesting, and it really speaks to the realities of this business that we work in. Um, tell us a little bit about State Farm and how they're doing. State Farm is not partying today. <laughs> uh, their results they recently announced for 2016 include a $7 billion, that's with billion with a B, uh, dollar underwriting loss on auto lines. So figure that out. They underpriced their auto coverages by $7 billion. Bad day in uh, Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah, that's that's not good. You know, I, the interesting part about it is when a company like that has that kind of loss, it has uh, reverberating repercussions throughout the industry, uh, especially when one of, uh, I think, the largest auto insurance writer in the country. Am I right about that? Yeah. Um, and... You know, when they had take a loss like that, now their company, State Farm, the company did not take a loss in 2016. Uh, investment and other stuff like that they're into, um, you know, kind of, which is crazy to think about. But the insurance people did not do so well. So that being said, what does that mean for our industry? It means a couple of things. It means uh, prices are most likely going up uh, as the Bloomberg article that um, we both uh, referenced and, and kind of talking about this um, said that it, it basically is a signal to carriers, to other carriers throughout the industry, that now is a time that they can potentially raise rates. And, you know, here the interesting part to me, Marty, is, you know, when 
when rates start to go up, um, it's good for your book of business in terms of those dead, those uh, steadfast customers that aren't going to leave. Uh, you know, you're, you just make more money. The tough part is for the for the for the clients that you have not built fences around, for the clients that don't have a strong relationship with you, they're going to start to get renewals. Uh, with higher premiums, with significantly, potentially significantly higher premiums, and it's going to cause um, it's going to cause some movement. And I think a lot of the things that we're going to talk about the rest of this episode, and a lot of things that we've been talking about for the last three years, I guess almost, um, speak to uh, being able to capture those people when they start to move. How do you keep people in your office, and how do you capture people when they're looking to move? And uh, I guess, you know, hard markets or when prices are going up and, um, you know, and, and again, this is all signal too that the Fed has uh, increased, recently announced they're going to increase um, interest rates another uh, 0.25%. And um, all of this is, is uh, all of this speaks to higher prices on insurance and potentially a lot of movement inside uh, the personal auto space. Yeah, I, I think that this, that this, bodes, um, it, it provides an opportunity for those uh, agencies and carriers who are prepared, right? We've talked in the past about uh, the new customer experience uh, journey and and that initial phase called awareness, which is fired off by a trigger, right? And um, the industry, for the most part, has tried to train the consumer that uh, when you get your renewal, that's when you start to think about price. And your first question is, can I get it somewhere else cheaper? Right now, that isn't ultimately have to be where the decision the the decision to place the business is is made on is is it cheaper? But it certainly gets people thinking about starting the process, and so that's why this is a huge opportunity. But it's also a moment that's fraught with potential uh, potential. Um, Danger, because if people start getting into their heads and starts to become the cocktail, the the, the talk at the cocktail party, all of a sudden now it's, oh, yeah, I went out and shopped and I saved money. And so what is that trigger just reinforces itself. And all of a sudden we've got a lot of share shift taking place in the industry. Yeah. You know, um, I also think, you know, another thing that came to my mind was, um, the, the it, it's a it's a real example of of what this of what happens in this industry, you know. And, and you look at um, you look at a lot of the insurtech companies in the space, and, and in particular the insurtech uh, startups that are looking to become carriers. And you know, I God bless them for for doing what they're trying to do. Um, but at the same time, when you're running a carrier. Uh, that is primarily backed through reinsurance, and you're selling um, you're selling policies with using new, you know, artificial intelligence underwriting and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I see things like State Farm, a tried and true company, been around for decades, the largest writer of auto insurance in uh, the United States. And here they are taking a $7 billion loss. I mean, how does a company, how does one of these small insure techs who's saying they're going to change the game through, through AI underwriting, I mean, you, I mean, they better hope they never have a bad quarter or they're screwed. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the challenge they have is that they don't have, 
the other ancillary lines to rely on, right? I mean, that's yeah. why these insurance companies diversify. Nobody wants to be a one-line insurer because if all hell breaks loose for whatever reason in that line of business, boom, you're underwater and you're gone. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to, to bang on um, insure techs. I just think it's important for IAs to, to understand that, um, you know, I think, I think we read a lot of things. There's a lot of hype. Um, it's very sexy to talk about. Um, it's very sexy to talk about how artificial intelligence is going to replace the, the human underwriter and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it, there is a business side to this as well. There's the sexy side. There's the the bots and the AI and the slick interfaces. And, and, and I'm not saying those things aren't important. Those things are important. Um, the traditional insurance model in its most basic, basic um, look and feel has a lot of friction for consumers. And consumers are starting to bucket that, right? Which is why we have the conversations we have all the time. It's why we're having... Uh, the Elevate conference, right? How do we improve the customer experience through th- sales, marketing, and technology? Because there is a lot of friction in our in our legacy uh, processes, and we need to find ways to uh, reduce that friction. InsureTech startups, a lot of InsureTech companies um, are are focused on creating methods to reduce that friction. And I think we can learn from them. We can adopt some. We can buy some and move them into our our own uh, model for sure. But at the same time, um, we just need to remember there is an entire operational, there's an underwriting side, there's a claims adjudication side. I mean, there is so many pieces to this business beyond just um, the frontline customer experience that, um, that I think it takes a lot of time to figure out. And, um, and I, you know, I mean, there's not really a, necessarily a point, it's just more a uh, uh, a thought and, and as we uh, digest this stuff every single day. Well, I think it's uh, interesting that you brought up InsureTechs because uh, that really is sort of the focus of our next segment, isn't it? Yeah. You know, this is, this is an article that Marty found. Um, Travelers recently announced that they purchased a company called Simply Business uh, out of the UK. It's a D2C play. Um, they have no operations in the United States yet. Um and they bought that company for four hundred and um, and eighty million or four hundred ninety million doesn't matter. So that obviously was very intriguing. There was a lot of back channel emails flying around, um, as you can imagine. I'm sure it happened uh, in whatever circles or text chains or email chains or other insurance professionals you operate in. Um, same type of deals, right? That's a pretty big deal. So. That being said, uh, it's it's not an, an indictment of travelers, nor is this meant to be. But um, it got Marty searching the internet, and he found uh, this really well-written article, which was published about a year ago, um, titled Digital Disruption in the U.S. Small Business Insurance Market. It's from uh, the Boston Consulting Group. And Marty, there's just so much to digest here. Um, you know, the piece that I wanted to kind of – well, you know, I don't know if I want to start there. So, um, well, yeah, let's let's start there. So, so the thing that caught um, Marty's attention in particular, and I'm speaking for him, and I'm, uh, you know, obviously we'll we'll get into this. Uh, the thing that caught Marty's attention, he shared it with our our leadership group um, at TrustedChoice.com, was this idea that uh, carriers and agents, uh, so so you boots on the ground, independent insurance agent, independent insurance professional, and the carrier professionals who are listening to this. Uh, we are reaching a point 
uh, a tipping point where eventually we're all going to have to make what, what this article called no regret moves, right? So basically it's cutting the cord and moving forward, right? Um, and Marty, I'll, I'll let you take us into this, but this whole idea of kind of no regret moves, like uh, I think we all hedge, you know, we hedge, we hedge, we hedge, we hedge, and it's why our industry is so slow to make changes, right? We're like, I'm, I'm into this digital thing, but I'm going to keep some of these other, I'm still going to keep all my file cabinets, right? I'm into this paperless thing, but I'm still going to have all my file cabinets in the basement. Um, you know, it, we're reaching a point where things are moving so fast um, that it's it's time as an industry for us to make some some serious moves. And the things that they outline are, and again, this was written a year ago, almost to the day. Um, uh, it's 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 pretty pretty in your face stuff. And then then these guys aren't aren't. I mean, this is a this is a classy organization. The Boston Consulting Group knows what they're talking about. So take us into this a little bit, Marty. There's so much to digest here. I mean, so the the thing that caught my eye initially uh, was this whole concept that that the UK is so much further ahead of us in the U S in this whole marketplace. Right. And, and we've, you and I've talked about this uh, a lot in the past, particularly when it comes to auto insurance, because that's sort of where Google got their idea that they could create this massive marketplace by, they actually had an operation in, uh, in the UK where that was very successful. So they figured all of a sudden they could bring that to the U S and we all know how that story didn't end up as 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 good as they'd hoped that it could. So that was the first part that caught my eye. The second part uh, that 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 I that I found interesting was these guys are um, and and we've published uh, some stats previously from another source. Um, but this is about a hundred billion dollar a year market in the U.S. Small commercial, and the, uh, this Boston Consulting Group uh, paper says that they believe that seventeen percent uh, of that. That marketplace is going to go digital by the end of 2018. I mean, that's crazy. And it's 400% more than is being transacted when this paper was written. So call that, you know, beginning of 2016. So ultimately, um, this is a huge, huge potential upside for anybody that can get into the get into the game and so um so so i think that that was one of the primary things that uh you know may have led to travelers finding a partner and and deciding to make uh an investment now at this point uh, there are no we, we are not aware that any of this is is coming immediately to our shores but I guarantee you that what they're learning um, that you know that learning will not stay siloed in uh, the EU so um, yeah that- I mean one thing to remember too is that uh, and we learned this from Google compare as you mentioned uh, when we were because we were in negotiations for a while with Google compare to to see if we could find a way to plug their acquisition methodology into the IA channel, which they were very interested in. And ultimately, we all know that they that business kind of fell apart for, for a couple of different reasons, not necessarily because the ideas were wrong. It was more um, some internal stuff at Google. But, um, but the UK market is incredibly different. They have been, one, it's, it's like the size of Jersey, first of all. I mean, we, you know what I mean? Like, we're not, you know what I mean? Like, so it's so much smaller. Um, and even the guys at Google Compare said this, you know what I mean? Like, UK is not a test for the United States. It's so small. And the, 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 you know, how regional 
the United States is in terms of the differences in adoption and technology and 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 the way people operate and and their desires and their needs and commute and all this different stuff is so diverse in the United States that you can't take something that's happening in the UK and immediately apply to the US. It just it doesn't work. That Google Compare basically proved that. That being said, um, and again, I, I think uh, uh, you know for, uh, the back channel things that we've heard internally have been uh, travelers wants to take this technology and package it up in a way that it that it can be provided to independent agents. So 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 that's that's great too. But but the idea I think and in, in what that move highlighted um, was uh, that you know travelers in particular and and this is the case for for all carriers. This, travelers isn't alone in this is they're starting to look at the marketplace and saying, we need to move faster, right? That's a big move. And I think um, it's a ballsy move. And, you know, as much as it, you know, none of us, even the, those of us who think that we're as forward as possible, like big changes and big moves, because it just throws the whole ecosystem um, for a little bit of a flutter. Uh, I think it's a smart move on their play, right? Like if they are not positioning themselves uh, to to play in the digital space. If they're just sitting back and waiting and hoping that that things get submitted to them and that they don't have any control over that or any way to to really track the feedback, um, you know, they're putting their business in jeopardy. And I think it's a very smart play on their part. If for nothing other than the data, right, the click-through rates, and if you say this, you get this, and this funnel, and seven pages, or three pages, or, you know, I mean, there's a million things that you can test when it comes to selling insurance in the digital space. And if nothing more than for the data, you know, it's probably worthwhile for a company the size of Travelers. Um, I can't even imagine spending four hundred and eighty million dollars on something, but but that being said, um, so so go ahead. Yeah, so you started this off, and and I think that that this that this really gets us into the into the crux of the issue, and and as you said, we have this incredibly complex ecosystem that. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of different um, factions. There's a lot of different interests, and 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 to some degree, those different interests and different factions freeze, right? Freeze the decision making because we're not sure. And so I'm sure that there is a hue and cry going up right now, uh, for, in some quarters, based upon the fact that you know Travelers has made this expenditure in a direct in a direct to consumer uh, area. But the interesting part about this article was what they call some of these no regret moves for both carriers and agents. And the reason that this resonated with us was because these are the things that both carriers and agents can do to move the ball forward while not completely altering the ecosystem. Yeah, and, and one thing I want to say too about travelers is in, in uh, and uh, uh, Jay uh, Gauthier the CMO of Personal Lines for Travelers is actually going to be our keynote speaker on day two at Elevate. They have some incredibly forward-looking products um, that are coming out in the U.S. market for IAs. Um, and uh, Jay's actually going to be a guest on the show in a couple weeks. So, you know, I, I guess I don't want to put this in the – we're not trying to shine a negative light on what Travelers is doing. Absolutely and I'm not. Just, not. No. I'm not just hedging. Um, I'm not just hedging because – you know, they're an investor and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, 
like I said, I think it's a smart move for them, and I and I don't think IA should be upset about it. one thing. It's in the UK, and two, um, you know, we have fairly reliable sources that said that they're going to use this technology to help the IA channel, and there really hasn't been a company as committed to the IA channel as Travis for a long time. So I don't want anyone to think that this is we're trying to throw a red flag at them. It's not that, and also I don't want you to be like concerned. Nothing is going on, you know. Still, right, Traveler's business, like you always have. Um, keep rocking because they've put significant money into some of these tools, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, waste Jay's flavor or anything. You know, what I mean, they put significant money into some tools that I think are really gonna help um, IAs as well. So, um, that being said, Marty, I want to read this paragraph that talks about the no regret moves. Right. So, sure. I'm gonna read this, and then you break it down for us. Okay. So. Um, there's, there's some lead in to what we're talking about here. And then it says, um, the agents and brokers with the best chance of surviving disruption will be big distributors that leverage carrier relationships and manage to quickly roll out digital services. Mom and pop agents will be the most vulnerable during this period of transformation because they lack the wherewithal to build digital capabilities and the brand awareness to track, to attract millennial and Gen X consumers. Now, I will push back on the on the word wherewithal because that's slightly demeaning. Um, and those of you who listen to this show certainly have the wherewithal. So, you know, I'll push back on that world. That was a little offensive to me. But um, uh, and everyone who comes to Elevate 2017 will have the wherewithal. There's no doubt about that. Uh, this suggests a set of no regret moves for both carriers and agents in the, in the U.S., in the U.S., carriers should create standardized, modular products, invest in strengthening their model-based pricing capabilities, develop new e-commerce IT capabilities, and establish digital light-touch models. These moves will make their products easier to understand and to underwrite digitally, help them generate traffic, attract the, uh, the interest of top online agents, the actions will, will also allow carriers to leverage third-party big data and tighten up and simplify the underwriting process. Now, the next section talks about what agents can do, but Marty, uh, break down this carrier part for me first. Sure. So, so standardized modular products, right? Today, uh we put some actuaries and some product managers in a room and we come up with these incredibly uh, tightly packaged products that are very, very specifically built for the, the target market that they want to uh, attract, right? So pick your, pick your poison. It's, uh, it's uh, plastic injection molders. So we've got this great package with GL and we've got, you know, uh, Bailey's coverage for the molds of others. And, and we've got, you know, who knows, tra uh, you know, offsite uh, and, you know, maybe you know, business interruption because we know how much time it takes to get one of those injection molding uh, machines in into the country, blah, blah, blah. Right. What they're saying is the marketplace can't um, tolerate the wait time for you to create, for you, the carrier, to create this massive, fully um, developed and fleshed out monolithic product. What we need as an industry is a bunch of modular products that can be snapped together very quickly, either at the underwriter's desk as he's 
pricing a package together in conjunction with the agent or maybe even at the agent level where the agent goes in, does the risk analysis and says, you know what, here is exactly what my client needs. I need two of those, three of those and six of the other thing. Put it all together and you've got something that now doesn't have to get approved through 12 layers of bureaucracy. So that's number one. Okay. Um, E-commerce IT, you know, so this is this whole uh, omni-channel approach. We have got to be able, so we know that consumers want to get stuff done. They want to get stuff done on their calendar and timetable, not ours. So we have got to make it easy for the consumer to access and and make request changes to their policies, make payments, whatever it is, 24-7. Obviously, a lot of that we'd love to have happen at the agency site itself, but it can't always be that way. So if changes are made with interaction to the carrier, then we have to automatically and transparently inform the agency so that the agency knows that something has happened and the next time they take a phone call, they're not surprised when they go, oh, I didn't know you talked to the carrier, right? Or I didn't know that policy change got made or that your bill got paid. So, um, so they, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just think that I, I think you're right on the, the I think you're right on the page. I mean, the, the idea that everyone tries to create everything to be completely contained in their own ecosystem is is a broken methodology. And I get it. We all have our little kingdoms and fiefdoms and it. Wouldn't it be great if every XYZ agent just used our tools and our coding platform and our blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but that's not how an agency operates, nor is it how any online or digital disruptor or insure tech or, or lemonade or whoever. No one can operate effectively on a broker or agent basis writing with only one carrier. It is very, very, let me put it this, I shouldn't say no one. Let me retract no one and say, you are the exception to the rule. If you can have one option, one singular option, operate on commissions as a broker or agent and and, and be a successful entity. Well, so I mean everybody the, needs multiple options. Just, that that model is out there, right? It's called it's called a, a captive a captive agent. And and that doesn't say that captive agency doesn't work. There's a lot of very successful ones, but what we hold out as one of the primary benefits of working with an independent agent is that you do have the ability to 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 to, to research with different markets, right? And that's really we believe uh, you and I are like champions of this that that's a defining difference it's not just a oh well it's kind of a difference no this is the real thing that makes the IA channel so much better and well, just but, think but, about how you know, when you were selling insurance right? I think back to when you were in selling insurance right if, if you came up if I came up about it with a captive what was the very first thing I said I said, wow, you got, a, you got a good policy here. This is great. Oh, they're a good company. You know, I've heard of them too. What happens if your kid gets in a car accident? Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, they're not going to keep you. They can't keep you. We, you know, we know they're underwriting stuff. So what do you get? where are you going to go? You're going to have to call somebody. Who are you going to call? Oh, you uh, you say, oh, you know what? Here's the cool thing. You come work with us because I'm going to get you a coverage and a rate that's comparable to what you have now. But no matter what happens in your life, I can, I'm with you no matter what. I'm, I'm, 
Your kid gets into a car accident. You get in a car accident. Uh, you have a hailstorm. You have a fire. It doesn't matter. I can always find. I can always make sure that for the rest of your life, you have the competitive price and great coverage. And and we're working right alongside each other. And there is nobody who doesn't fall. I shouldn't say fall for that. It's terrible. There's yeah. no one who doesn't who doesn't fall into that methodology. And and that is one of our things. It's that human relationship that you're bringing forward. And I just think. Uh, what what you know one of these no regret things here is and what they're trying to say is you have to work in the space you need to provide options and work in the space through creating you know this idea of modular products and e-commerce and it can't be my ecosystem my proprietary legacy bs it's get with what it is today it's open source it's flexible it's it's plug and play and all these ideas um that is the next, that's the move forward because as they said in this sentence right here, attract the interest of top online agents, right? If I were, if I were, if, if trustedchoice.com fell apart today and I had to go find my own thing, I would start my own e-agency and I would look for the carriers that wanted to play, right? I'm not going to plug into somebody who's going to make me fax in forms or doesn't take credit card or any of these other things, right? Or makes it difficult or I have to log out of a system and back into an, I'm not going to do any of those things. Can you, can you hear that scraping in the background? That's me dragging my soapbox out. All right, because because the thing that we have not even gotten to yet is underwriting simplification. Oh my God! In today's model with third-party data sources, we have a consumer fill out a twenty-page application. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah. What are our competitors doing? Give me your name. Oh, you're insured. I mean, it's not quite that simple, right? But well, with, that with was some the beauty sim- of. Dude, that was the beauty of Google Compare's platform. Is you typed in your first name, your address, and is literally as soon as Google could find a match for you in their system, like it could be one piece of data or it could be five pieces of data, but the, at most it was like six pieces of data. And then wham, they would literally a button would pop up and it would say, Would you like to, us to fill out the rest of the form for you? And who doesn't click sure? And you click yes. <laughs> and then it pulls up and it goes, You have a 2013 uh, Nissan uh, Ford Explorer. Oh, shit. Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay. And uh, your wife, who Lauren. Okay. Yep. Lauren has a... Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Okay. And uh, you live here. Yep. Okay. And done. And you're like, wow, this is pretty amazing. I mean, it's Google's not the only one that has access to that data. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who doesn't say, yeah, fill it out for me, is is somebody who, who who's not really thinking clearly. They've spent too much time at um, the... At the uh, the person who doesn't hit it is not the future of the marketplace. So, so that's the that's the thing because maybe you're sitting there and you're an agent and you're going, you know, Ryan, I, I would just would never hit that button because I don't, you know, I don't want the government having my information. It's like too late, dude, <laughs> too late. Now, it, but the other part is okay. So you believe that you believe that I would bet you your your the generation that you exist in is most likely fading out, right? And I don't necessarily mean. Uh, age demographic, but there are less and less people who who fight the fact that large data sources have their information. It's just it's a part of the world we live in. Now you can go off the grid and and hunt squirrels and and live in a log cabin, and that's amazing if you want to live that life. But ev- all the rest of us are on the grid. If you use Facebook, if you use email, they know what you're doing. If you click around the internet, they know what you're doing. Ryan, you can't eat squirrels anymore. They're high in cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> 
that explains that, that's a Christmas that, vacation reference for most of you. It also explains a lot from my last doctor's visit. But um, all right, so all right, okay, so, so let's get on the agents. Let's get on the agents. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's. So I'm going to read now. I'm going to read the no regret moves according to Boston Consulting Group for for agents. Okay, the no regret moves for agents include repositioning themselves to be part of an omni-channel world. A world in which disintermediated interactions between consumers and carriers are a common as agent-led interactions and solidifying their carrier relationships as a way of building stronger ecosystems. Agents will need to bring in new people and invest in their talent to make this transition. By taking these actions, agents will prove their ability to match consumer needs with different carriers' appetites for risk and develop more efficient and consumer-centric sales and service models. I just want to say one thing before you respond, Marty. Nothing that was said in that paragraph is unachievable by every single independent insurance agency, whether you're local, whether you're three people, whether it's you and your dad sitting in a building, or there's 400 people in your agency. Absolutely, positively, everything that's in that paragraph, which I agree with, is achievable at every level. There's no too small. There's no too big. There's no, well, I only have five carriers or I have 30 carriers. It does not matter. Absolutely everything in that paragraph is achievable. Yeah, the only the only caveat that I would throw out to that is there is a huge um, there's a huge gap between technology that the majority of carriers can deliver and the technology connection, the partnership that's envisioned in that paragraph, right? So that's the real that's the real piece, which is why we which why we had the no regret moves for carriers and their need to be able to do that. And so here's the yeah. thing: agents don't have a right to bitch if they write business with carriers who don't adopt technology. If you're writing business, if if technology and speed and you believe in customer experience and you believe in these things, right? If you believe in all these things that we talk about. If you believe in them and they're important to your business and they're important to the future of your business, yet you still write business with carriers that force you out of that, that force you to make bad customer experience decisions, provide bad customer experience because it takes four days to get a quote back because they only have one underwriter and all that kind of crap, right? Whatever that, whatever that, and, and I, then those, those carriers are going the way of Dodo. I mean, I, the, the best in the business, the ones everyone wants to write with, they're all moving forward. So this is, I think this is far less of an issue today, but you cannot complain if you're still writing business with them because if you're writing business with them, they will never change. They will never, ever adopt the same thing. And this, same thing with carriers and agents, right? If the carriers demand more of the agents, the agents change. If the, if the agents demand more of the carriers, the carriers change. And in the middle, if we both demand more of each other, including the third-party vendors like ourselves, which connect the two and provide value in different ways, if we all demand more of each other, we all get better. But if we all sit back and just go, eh, you know, I've written business with them for 20 years, and even though it's a pain in the ass and my customers hate it, like, I'm still going to write business with them. Like, then nothing changes. Yeah, because I'm in the president's club. Yeah. 
So, which I, President's Club for any of these characters is usually pretty cool, though. Yeah, <laughs> sure it is. And you know, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, that's sort of tongue in cheek, but it's also, yeah. I mean, it's a reality, right? You, you've got a relationship, and that's a, that's a difficult thing. That's a difficult thing to break with. None of this stuff in this, in this specific paragraph, isn't something that you and I haven't talked about uh, on previous episodes of the show. But the one I want to pull out that I think is, is one of the most key because, because a lot of what we're talking about frankly is a little bit scary to those of my generation right maybe not so much to those of your generation but we know we've got agency principles and leadership that that are of my generation and they because their real life is insurance not technology like yours and mine the stuff we talk about's a little bit, uh, a little bit scary, and 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 maybe there's questions. How do I get started? So I want to pull out this um, this one statement: Agents will need to bring in new people and invest in their talents. This is key. The the buyers of the future are the generation of the staffing that we need to bring into our organizations. We need to give them the power to, number one, change our organizations to become what those buyers want us to be, and more importantly, to entice them to invest in their career and stay with us. Because these young, talented people, they don't have to have a career in insurance. They can go anywhere. Yeah, and I'm going to give a big shout-out to Ashley Fitzsimmons. Um, She is coming to Elevate. I'm going to tell you what she did. So we were going back and forth on LinkedIn and uh, she's like, Ryan, I really want to come. And she said, but you know, I, I'm going to this other conference and here and you know, I, and, and um, eventually she said, uh, if you can hit me with a discount code and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just use vacation time and vacation money. And she is literally using vacation time and vacation money to come to elevate. That's a committed young employee who wants to do better and wants to grow, um, you know, the, the, the insurance business that she's a part of. And those are the type of people we need to keep in this industry. People who just, who eat this stuff up and we all have our little geeky sections of it. And, um, and I was really happy and proud and excited and appreciative of the fact that she would do that. And because um, that's a commitment, right? I mean, vacation time, vacation money. I get it. Like, I like to go to Florida a couple times a year. I've, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, uh, and, and I think just in general, there are people who could be, there are plenty of young people, uh, both who, who want and, and can be part of this industry. And we just have to create the environment that, that, facilitates that. That's all. That's all. We don't have to change the way we do business. We don't have to change everything about it. We don't have to go virtual, just, you know, completely. We just create an environment, fan the flame, you know, get into what they're into. And these people can do so much good for our agencies. Yeah. I mean, I see it every day, right? So I have the pleasure or uh, pain, and sometimes, as Ryan reminds me, of of being in the office, quote unquote, air quotes, uh, every day, and I get to see what our young talent here is capable of, and it's mind boggling. It really is, right? I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're an office full of technologists, but these young people come in and they're doing crazy stuff. Hell, our very own Sid. You want to talk about uh, human dynamo, there you have it, right there. Yeah, oh, I know. Well, 
her her video capabilities are second to none. You know, I mean, adding her the very first time I met her, I literally said to myself, "I don't know how and I don't know when, but this woman's gonna work for me." Like I, 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 we have to get her on our team. You know what I mean? Literally, the first time I met her, the very first time I met her, she's just so much energy. And and look, you know, um, with energy comes, you know, she's got ten million projects going on, and she always got a new idea. And it's like, I think some people would be like, oh, you know, and I'm like, screw it, no, that's amazing. Like, let have a thousand ideas. Have 10, <laughs> go, baby, 000. go. You know I mean? That's right. Yeah, let, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, and um, and I think. Uh, it just that energy is so infectious because you know now we're in like a little bit of a video competition because I used to be kind of a video person and now she's like ten times better than I am at video so I'm trying to like one up her videos and she was actually giving me some crap today because uh, the video I just did for Rocket Referral she said I'm stealing her flavor so um, so maybe that, that might be true that might be true <laughs> but uh, but you know, hey, I'm trying to step my video game up because her video game is so good, and all it really is doing is making our company better and more interesting and more engaging and uh, getting us to think about things in a different way. So, um, I, the young agents, I love them. I, I love to speak to young agents groups. I actually will prioritize young agents events over annual conventions, if you believe that. If I can, you know, I, I like to speak to the big to the big annual conventions too, because those you get a lot of uh, principles, and that's an important group. But you know, I try to get as many young agents events in as I can, um, and uh, and we actually have a special young agents discount at Elevate. Special young agents discount. If you're listening to this. Um, but you got to email me. Um, you got to email me to get it. Um, and since the price has gone up uh, recently, you you know just it is it's only for new people. So if you've already gotten in, you're most likely at a at a lower price anyway. So don't worry about it. But but if you haven't bought your ticket yet and you want to get in, um, you know email me ryan.hanley at trustedchoice.com, young agents. And uh, I'll hit you with the young agents discount code, and we can get you to elevate because I just think it's going to be that cool of an event. I think it's going to be better than cool. I think it's no, <laughs> no miss. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. I, I I'm pretty excited. You know, things things are constantly changing. Um, I was disappointed that Matt Nickerson, the the president of Safeco or former president of Safeco, now head of uh, Liberty Mutual Asia, couldn't be part of the event. But I think we're gonna. I don't want to say backfill because that like seems like it reduces the people who are who we've kind of added since he's gone. But um, it just changes the dynamic. Um, I actually am meeting with one of them at LeedsCon uh, next week, which when you listen to this will be the week uh, that you heard it. But um, uh, at LeedsCon, I'm meeting with one of the guys, and uh, he's a little more tech-focused. I think he's going to be a great addition. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we got Peter Van Artrike's branding thing. If you can get in early, come to Peter Van Artrike's branding your business in a millennial world. That's going to be an incredible event. Uh, three hours of workshop style, kind of digging your hands in. Uh, so... I just uh, I hope people will give Elevate uh, a good solid look. Um, we're up to about 150 uh, paid attendees now. Um, we're we're still 80 days out, 79 days out. So uh, you got you got some time, but uh, we're probably gonna have about 250 to 300 people at this event. That's not including speakers, sponsors, uh, the staff from our company. So if you want to meet people from Trusted Choice, um, it's just gonna be a big huge you know, collection of people who geek out on insurance and technology and sales and marketing. And uh, I really think it's gonna be a fun place to be. 
All right, I think it's that time, but uh, in honor of where we are, I'm calling an audible, all right? So, Ryan, you just sit tight. We're leaving with some different music today. Oh, wow. Well, my beer is done, so uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Let's get out of here. Yeah.